Blog Talk Radio. Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. The unstoppable ones. You did say unstoppable, right? You did say unstoppable, right? What is it they know that I don't? Coach Frankie Picasso takes you on Mission Unstoppable. Anyone stop these people? Good evening, and I am the Unstoppable Coach, Frankie Picasso, and tonight we are going on another Mission Unstoppable, this time out into the universe. But first, let me acknowledge some of the folks in this one. Today is Tuesday, May the 13th. The time is 10 p.m. in Toronto, 7 in Los Angeles, 9 in Kansas City, where my guest hails from. I also want to thank the good folks here at Blog Talk Radio for allowing us to broadcast over their network. Tonight you're going to meet a young man who is passionate about the universe and universal learning. In fact, he's written a book on it entitled The Universal Learning Series. Book one is complete. It's called The Never-Ending Life. And tonight we have the pleasure of speaking to the author, Sandy Andrew, to discuss his passion for cosmology, science, and spirituality and universal learning. He says one of the benefits of universal learning is that it can be applied to any human being, regardless of race, gender, or religious background, as you do not need to discard any faith that you currently have. Now, as a human rights activist and someone who values lifelong learning, I was naturally attracted to this tenet. And normally you would expect to hear Sandy on my other show, Quantum Radio, the show that has to do with metaphysical studies. But because of Sandy's tenacity to fulfill his lifelong dream, I felt he belonged among the unstoppables. In his own words, he says, I have overcome many difficult obstacles and challenges, and even still to this day by harnessing the power of universal energy and by observing the universal laws. I have lived in four countries, three continents, from one side of the world to the other and seen many great things. I have learned and achieved academically, socially, and culturally against all the odds by opening my mind to the concept of universal learning. Now, Sandy has also achieved his dream of living in North America. So we're going to talk about all of that. Please welcome Sandy Andrew to Mission Unstoppable. Good evening. Good evening. (laughs) Welcome. How are you you doing? Fine, thanks. Yourself? Good. Why don't you tell them the truth? Your world is crashing in among you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we shall overcome with Windows Vista. Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. The the best program they ever not shouldn't have made, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well you're not the only one, apparently. That's yeah. Like, well I mean, it's a good it's a smashing system. It, it it really is. I mean I know there was some uh a lot of controversy when it was launched, but um you know, we all kinda went through that with Windows XP as well. Yeah, so, we, uh, did. we did. Yeah. And we'll Same. go through it the next time, so Yes, we will. I mean, you know, we're still doing it. You know, Sandy, you started off, I hear the accent, a little Scottish accent. Um, you, I think you, you, you spent some time between Scotland and Britain, took off for South Africa. Uh-huh. And where did you go from there? Well, when I was uh, age 26 in South Africa, I uh, I had um, enough credentials, I thought, to apply for an H-1B work visa in the United States. Mm-hmm. And... When I was there, I decided to fulfill my lifelong dream of, of living in this country. And uh, I'll tell you an ironic thing is that when I was younger, as a young boy in Scotland and in England, my mother and I and my sisters, to a lesser degree, used to watch the television show Dallas. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. And uh, all people in, in Britain were just fascinated by this. And me and, and myself was no exception. And... When Who I did moved, they like? Did they like Linda Evans, or did they like... Um, well, J.R. was the most hated, naturally. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, Lucy was called the Poison Dwarf. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody loved Miss Ellen and, and, right. Big, Jock, and Big Jock Ewing. Yeah. And, uh, they, you know, they liked the odd bar fight that used to break out in the early days. But the point being, Frank, you were talking about uh, fulfilling dreams and... and uh, and all these type of things. My first apartment in the United States was seven miles away from South Fork Ranch. Wow. Uh, just how fate wound its course. 
Yeah, when I was in South Africa, I wanted to come to the United States to to answer your question. And uh, what was the what was the the attraction for you in the U.S. Superficially, 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 it would have been um, a naive answer about eight, ten years ago about right. uh, money, wealth, the dreams, that type of thing, the American dream. Sure. But upon reflection, it was just inner instinct and guidance and a fulfillment of destiny, really. So it's that it's that path that we all seek, and sometimes I think we can get a little bit distracted and blinded along the way by the material possessions on earth. But it's really the challenges that we face, which may involve money, material things, mm-hmm. careers, jobs, that type of thing, and may not. People say that money is, uh, is a root of many, if not all, evil. I say that's totally nonsense because, first of all, money, Frankie, doesn't jump off the table and slap you. It no. doesn't pick up a gun and shoot you. It doesn't make you do the things that you do in order to get it. You're the one that makes them decisions, ethical or not, legal or illegal. So um, to come to the United States was more of a inner guidance and, and fulfillment of destiny for me. And uh, when I was here, I, I knew I was in the right place. North America, too, because I do have a, um, a love for Canada as well. I haven't lived there, but um, the trees and, and the cooler weather and, and the lakes just draw me. Wow. So, why am I living here in Kansas City in the Great Plains? There's nothing yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> why would anybody choose to live in Kansas City? It's beyond me. No, it's, it's a smashing city. It's very easy to live here, um, transit-wise and access to. And, yeah. and we're good for business travel in the United States because you're centrally located. And, uh-huh. and, the, and the metroplex of Kansas City is actually very, very large and also very diverse. And it, it's now, quite did a you nice meet your city. wife there? Well, she's from here. I met oh. her when I was in Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay. um, she was down there too, and um, so that was destiny too. Yeah, yeah, I uh, can relate to her very, very much on an inner level um, straight away when I first met her. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it's interesting though that you, you spoke about money first as the root of all evil because I'm thinking it's not really money; it's it's power that is really the root of evil. I mean, I, I'm thinking of the work that you know I've been doing a lot of, of, of stuff with you know in South Africa recently and and when people seem to get into power it changes it changes them unless they have you know a really good um value system and grounding of themselves. But I see how, how you know the haves and the have nots and when the have nots become the haves, uh they tend to forget about when they were a have not. That's right. And I think people people forget the one scientific fact when it comes to money, power, and possessions here on planet Earth. Those material and power and titles, you don't take with you. Right. You don't. You don't. Fact. Yeah. So it's... Who cares how many toys you have? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or how many computers and how many crashing in one day neither. Yeah. But um, (laughs) point being is that when when you really understand that you live on a planetary body in a galaxy with millions of other galaxies, you start to really have a humble understanding of really what's going on. Yeah. And you look at, um, very briefly, the Universal Learning Series is about just in- increasing people's awareness. Okay. Is it going to have out all the answers for, for life on Earth? No, not at all. And I, and I don't think any book or any person um, does on this Earth um, have all the answers scientifically or metaphysically. So when, but the point being, Frankie, when you have an understanding of of Earth, the Milky Way galaxy, all these other um, billions of galaxies out there, also um, within this living dimension, you suddenly realize, like, well, there's there's something bigger here at stake, and I'm part of it. And when you when you open your conscience to that, mm-hmm. you'll be aware of your thought process, and you'll think things through before you act. Will you still act irrationally and silly sometimes? Of course you will. You're a human being. Well, you're a spirit incarnated into a human right. being. Um, that's part of life and learning. If if you if we're all perfect and we never made mistakes. There's no point being here. Right. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, you were a little boy. I was a little girl. I remember, you know, looking out the window. Because all little children ask the question, why am I here? 
what are, you know, how did I get here? Look how big you're looking up at the scar. I'm sure you're, you know, you're, you're, you have a daughter, son. Yes, I have a daughter. Your daughter, you know, you wish upon a star, right? Uh, twinkle, twinkle, little star, and you look out into that vast universe, and you, and you feel so small, so incredibly small. Sometimes, especially when you're out in the wilderness and you look up at that sky, and you and you get that feeling, you know, it's such a, an amazing feeling of of being part of this consciousness and part of something that is so much beyond you, really. It, it, it's quite an incredible feeling, and and I know that we have it when we're very small, and we seem to lose it some some point, you know, through teen years and 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 uh, onward. We get busy with school and work and and things, but. Um, you're you're still kind of young, but I think that it hits us again in midlife. Uh huh. This yearning uh-huh. to find out if you haven't, why am I here? Who am I? What's my purpose? Well, absolutely, absolutely. Now, thanks. and we go on a, a journey again, don't we? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of I touched on that a little in in book one that um, when young children are born, they seem to be very open-minded to many things and. And as they go to school and get programmed. Right, they're stamped on. (laughs) Yeah, they are programmed. Because all little kids have their friend, you know, my my imaginary friend who isn't really imaginary at all. And yet, you know, we we fear that. And so we go, you know, stamp down. No, you don't have one. Get rid of him. He's gone now. Go to bed, you know. Yeah, Uh, no, absolutely. But really they're open to the spirit. They're open to spirit. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think um, with the age of the Internet and also the the ability of the people of Earth to stand up now and, and overthrow oppressive regimes, which was hard to do eight, nine hundred years ago. Right. Um, where, and I say this with the greatest respect, where organized religion, not all of it, but some of it, and in conjunction and or independently, governments of countries and territories really brutalized the people into their, their way of thinking. Absolutely. And, it was um, done. It's a method of control, for sure. That's right. That's right. And regardless of the teachings of, let's say, Jesus or Muhammad or anyone else, for example, you know, there are certain individuals on earth who have and still do pervert them teachings for their own benefit. Absolutely. And, and really tar a brush on perhaps the great people that, that walked the earth. Yeah. And... Um, that's sad, but like I say, we say that with respect because there's a lot of good, loving people who work in the religious, organized religious community now. So we, all of us together, must make the same mistake again by tarring those people with the same brush for things that right. happened on their control six, seven hundred years ago. Now, getting back to your statement about looking up to the stars and the universe, I think uh, I think we do feel physically small, but also we feel an equally important part of the universe when you begin to uh, increase your awareness. And we, and I've used that word about three or four times already, Frankie. It's mm-hmm. about being aware of there's more than what, you, you, you know, you're just educated at school here on Earth about the stock exchange, 401k, the price of gas, getting to the ball game on time, a Windows Vista computer crashing, mm-hmm. <laughs> things like that. It really, in the big grand scheme of things, it, it's, it's really, really trivial. And um, when you open your mind to the awareness and skies and scope, not only of the scientific universe, which we're talking about here, we're talking about the star systems Mm -hmm. and the other um, galaxies of this dimension, but when you open your mind to the metaphysical as well and you bring the two of them together in your life, it's it's almost like a symbiont. You you can't Mm -hmm. do one without the other. I wrote an article on my website, I don't have a chance to see it, Mm -hmm. Science and Spirituality, where just two examples that um science doesn't doesn't it doesn't want to know about psychic clairvoyance you know mm-hmm. it, it just more oh, you know we don't have measurable proof and things like that of of the incredible power of psychic clairvoyance and and conversely you know on the spiritual and religious teachings don't even begin to explain how old planet earth is and the other planetary bodies so you you just need to kind of pull the two of them in together and and just look around. Just look around. I mean, looking up to the sky, there's your answer right there from a yeah. scientific level. If you set a person down in a room, Frankie, regardless of their, their atheist or any religious belief, and you ask them just one-on-one, do you believe that you carry on 
afterlife on earth in one form or another and most people will just kind of nod their head mm-hmm. and when they get outside in the street they start arguing and fighting with you in public so they keep their uh, keep their image up but so it's a bringing together of the scientific and the med- metaphysical to get a good awareness and then then you really start to live your life and engage in learning and think things in the grand scheme of things uh. mm-hmm. yeah so when did you when did you find the need to write this universal course? You know, did, what? Do you feel it was channeled, or did you feel you were targeted, or was this your your oh, life purpose? Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. Um, when I when I was uh, younger, I was always had a fascination in the stars, and in, you know, in particular science fiction as well. I was I was kind of into that, not not in a, an obsessive way, but I, I enjoyed science fiction movies. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ray Bradbury kind of stuff, or no, know? I never heard of them. I'm not talking oh, okay. Star Trek or Star Wars, exploration of the universe and okay. stuff like that. Um, but I was also amazed by to, to repeat again the power of psychic clairvoyance or mm-hmm. the, the, the helping hand that it gives people in life and that guidance factor. We I see Are we you see power. In a, I'm sorry. Are you clairvoyant? Well, I think we all are. Right, but I think we all are. Yeah. Talent for it. Am I? Am, do I practice it? Do I? Do I get paid money for it? No. But do I use it? Do I use it for other people and just you know maybe chat to them in a very quiet way and they're not even aware of it? Yes. Okay. Yes. But um, to explain that further, that's channeled. And for some of the listeners, what channeling is is when guides and angels and other entities pass you on information mm-hmm. through you. Now, does it mean that you speak in their voice? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Some people do have that gift. I've heard it myself. It's rather amazing mm-hmm. when their voice will change, and that's a full channel. But the uni- uh, your never-ending life and psychic clairvoyance and things like that, or uh, and other guidance things that I do, is is guided. It's channeled, i.e., right. channeled, where uh, angels and guides will come in, and and you'll you'll get the feelings and images to write. That in conjunction, Frankie, with your own higher mind, meaning your spirit, because I view the higher mind, the spirit, and the soul, that that triad is the same thing. Right. So when we talk about higher mind and soul and spirit, we're really talking about the same thing. So it's it's a combination of channeling your own spirit and your own observations as a life form here on Earth. In it's order brilliant to when it happens, isn't it? I mean, it's so easy. Yeah. The time yeah. just goes, boom, and you've got this masterpiece in front of you. You're going, wow, that's all right. You know, like, that wasn't painful at all. No, no. no yeah. when, uh, <laughs> when you give the book to other people to read or, yeah. they, or they buy it, pretty much everyone who's who's told me about it said, yeah, I, he said that we don't, I don't necessarily agree with all your perhaps pointers and coaches in, in life, you know, because right. we all don't agree in 100%, but say fundamentally they, they get a quiet, the, the inner feeling is one of calmness as opposed mm-hmm. to reading a text that inflames them and then we start smacking each other and we all go to war over it, you know. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what the Universal Learning Series is about at all. It's about making people aware and giving kind of giving them examples and None so of where did this information come from? To you? I mean, was it all channeled? Did, did had you studied somebody? Did somebody, um, or did you study a whole bunch of people? Like I know when I when I started my spiritual journey, you know, I kind of went from uh, Yogananda to to Abraham to you know just started doing a gamut of different people, and I developed my sense of what I believe is truth. On the back of your never-ending life, I wrote some people um, acknowledgments on some mm-hmm. stuff I had read and people I'd met before. Mm-hmm. And um, um, some work by Shate Gwain on affirmations and energy. Um, mm-hmm. She was the, the author of uh, Creative Visualizations. Yeah, I like Shate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, she just has a very calming, nice voice. There's oh, also... Yeah. Um, uh, some Buddhist meditation, which I found extremely beneficial, and I want to I want to talk about that in a second here. Sure. But that was a gentleman who's actually from Scotland, believe it or not. As soon as I heard his accent, I laughed on the CD. I said, I can't believe it. <laughs> here I'm in America buying a Buddhist meditation. It's a Scottish voice on there. Yeah. yeah. Called Bodhipaska, and so and also um, a, a psychic clairvoyant who I knew in Dallas, Texas, was a co-author of a book, Heavenly Dreams. Um, her name is Leona Mayers. 
uh, extremely talented, extremely wise, and um, that was an excellent book, which really, really was, for me, Frankie, it was like someone pulling the ribbon off the box that was already there. Yeah. It was like, okay, there you go. This is confirms what you've always inwardly thought, and where you go. And we all we all need each other here on Earth. Some of us may think we're so smart, we're so wealthy, we're so independent, we don't need anybody or anything to guide us and advise us and help us on our road. You you yeah. mustn't think like that, regardless of how materialistic successful you may be, especially in a in a career with with money's involved, because it can all change just like that. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's, I, I came to the conclusion, Sandy, that when you get to a certain part of your spiritual journey, when you understand that what we're really here for is to help other people, I think that is when you've kind of attained your first bit of enlightenment. Yeah. Because I really think that that is why we're here. We're here to help other people. We're here for ourselves, but we're really here to help other people. And, that's and, right. You know, if that's your first thought, because, you know, I like to think, what can love do? What would love do now? And And that is really looking at at the other person and saying, how can I help them through love, you know? Do you know, do you practice daily affirmations or weekly affirmations, just positive statements you say to yourself? I do. Okay, well, one of them is what I do is I will give myself to the universal, the, the love of the love and positive energy of the universe. And for for some of the viewers, you know, listeners, that may be a bit tough to say, like, well, I'm not going to love that person next door. I, I don't like my neighbor. I'm not going to go up to hug them. I want to throw a bucket of cold water over them. <laughs> that may be yep, the case. Yep. <laughs> but the more you channel your mind into that, what will happen is you won't be involved. You won't. Your mind and your thoughts won't be wasted on negative energy, right. thinking bad things about them. And that that is to stay away from the negative thoughts. So positive oh, yeah. reinforcements. Positive reinforcements will steer you away. Look, we're not talking about going up and hugging someone who's done no. you wrong in life or giving a kiss. You don't need people get mixed up what forgiveness is all about. Forgiveness is mm-hmm. about forgiveness of self and the other people and moving forward and learning from the experience. Yeah. Shy away from constantly dwelling on things that have transpired in your life, Frankie, because you can't change the past. No matter how much we beat our head against the wall and wish things were different, you can't you can't change it. And love is key to that. Yeah. And I think where people get mixed up with this is that they think they have to go and hug their boss and, and hug their ex-boyfriend or girlfriend and the one that cheated on them and so on and so forth. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. If you want to do that, it's fine. But all you need to do is is just let go of that hate, that fear, that anger, and just say, well, well, I'll yep. just keep my mind on the positive. And, and, if you, and, and if you can't, you know, like, get some help, get some NLP around it, and, and just so you're neutral when you think of them, you know. So That's right. You don't want to have, you know, the, that negativity come up. And the universe is always checking, and, you know, it's checking on you all the time. And so since you can only hold one vibration at a time, why not have it be a positive vibration instead of a negative vibration? You know, you're going right. to get what you're thinking of, so why not have something yeah. positive come your way? Yeah, yeah. And I think people get a lot of, like I say, they get a little bit caught up in, ooh, flower power and stuff like that. It, yeah, it's no, not like it's that not that at, that at all. all. No, mm. not at all. But it's about you being able to, to move forward. Because I say, you know, I tell people, stop living in default and start choosing how you want to live. Because it is, it's your choice. You get to choose whatever you want. It's great, you know. Shoot for the moon. Go for the impossible because, you know, why not? You're unstoppable. This is you know, you, unstoppable. The, the, yeah, the uh, the talk about law of attraction and, and the secret is it is most true. But I'll tell you one thing, it is no secret that your thoughts and your energy field really do create your destiny. Yeah. And, and they'll do it in such a way that someone sometimes has to remind you. You remember six months ago when you wanted a new house? You remember that? Oh yeah, I was whining and complaining, and and look at this. Next month you're gonna you're gonna close on that house. Remember? It's like, amazing. Darn. Yeah, I'll be dead. It, really <laughs> it actually worked. <laughs> you know, I I remember being a teenager, 
and never doubting, not once, that whatever I wanted I was going to have. You know, I had grown up just always getting what I wanted. And I took it for granted that I would always get what I wanted because there was no doubt there. But something happened along the way, and a little bit of fear got mixed in. And then, you know, it was like, ooh, you know, I I didn't go with that same just innate, yep, that's mine. You know, I have my name written on it. You know, Yeah. And and that's, you know, when they talk about the law of attraction, that is the biggest crux. That's, That's what stops everybody in their tracks. They're really good at wanting but they're not really good at b- believing and allowing, you know? They always have that little bit of doubt because, yeah. you know, what if, what if, what if? Forget about the what if, you know, make it yours. Like, just, it's yours. It's done. It's done deal. Put it away. You thought of it. You want it. It's gone. Move on. You know, it's already, the deal is, it has been made. The law, you know, the universe is going to bring it to you. Just carry on now. It doesn't mean it's yeah. going to be on your timetable. No, no, and normally they teach you a lesson and stick it on another year later. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no? There's a difference between planning for ifs and buts and, and things like that, especially when it comes to money and business. Um, but I understand what you're saying. If you if you start sowing the seeds of doubt, then uh, you're really putting that energy out there to manifest itself. Yeah. And for some people that... Um, you know, what are you talking about, energy, and how do you pick up on that? Well, what, when you walk into a room or a business meeting or you meet someone in a Starbucks coffee place and you haven't even, you don't even, well, perhaps you're standing next to someone, and even though they may look clean cut and they don't have a Mohican or anything like that or look as if they're about to mug you, um, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you, you feel uneasy around them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're coming along, mm, I don't let me just look away here. I don't want to look at that person. That's their energy field emanating out. And if they're swirling around with with fear and anger and, and yeah. hateful thoughts, you pick up on that. And that's what that energy field is. And that really was creates creates your life. I think there's certain things in life, Frankie, that are going to happen regardless. Um, I talk a lot about um, preordained. Yeah, preordained, yeah. Yeah, preordained events that seem to transpire in their life and our lives for, for learning. And uh, ironically, these are things that we actually chose prior to incarnation um, here on Earth to learn. So certain things, not necessarily a specific event, Frankie, because if it doesn't happen at at one stage, Mm -hmm. your life will develop along and it will happen or a similar experience will happen to generate that sensation for you at a later time. But... um, in between all of that, you really can just have a, a life free of fear, and fear is the one that makes you uncomfortable. Oh yeah. That that that's really the problem is is, is fear, because anger and hate and all that other stuff and revenge that all stems from fear. Yeah. And if you can really control that, you're gonna you're gonna feel it, you're gonna experience it, because like we said right at the beginning, if uh, if you're perfect, and you didn't make mistakes. There's no point in you being here. Well, but fear is a can... good motivator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be. When it it can be, like okay, well let me not let me not do that because that might be a really um, bad consequential um, outcome. Yeah. But, but um, we do fear. We we fear change. We fear success, and we fear failure. Those are three biggies, and especially change. That's probably the number one thing that we fear. Most people fear change. You don't. Well, know that I don't. And I say that humorously. It does yeah. get a bit tiring moving around. I'm sure it does. <laughs> moving eight times within the United States, different apartments, and living in uh, Dallas and Omaha and then uh, Kansas City. But really, so, don't uh, you think that, that you know coming out of your comfort zone, uh, you know, is what stops people from from really oh, yeah. uh, fear yeah. of doing that is what stops them from getting ahead in their life, which stops them from going to the next level. Um, and so they need to face the fear. Because, you know, I mean, Roosevelt was right. You know, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. It really just goes poof uh, when you face it. Yeah. No, it does. You can actually crush it within a minute. And yeah. by saying positive affirmations to yourself, and I go back to that again, saying things like, I have no fear in my life. I have no fear in my life. And you'd be surprised. All of a sudden, you'll start. Even you'll be in the midst of pressure at work and tasks and deadlines and racing to get home and and then getting involved in all the things that go on in your home life. You'll handle things a lot, lot better 
and a lot more calmer without without fear in your life. You mentioned um, there's 12 universal laws. Where did these laws come from? How did you know about them? Well, they... I started to write down about time, reincarnation, and, and, and things like that. And basically, you know, the wording came to me as, as universal laws and perhaps more of a better term. Well, and a more alternative description, um, Frankie, would have been guidelines, universal laws or guidelines. Because mm-hmm. that's what they are, and we talk a lot about karma and love in our life. I mean, you hear it all the time now. Karma, sure. from that taboo word like 30 or 40 years ago, um, is now used in everyday conversation. I mean, even on Fox News and CNN, they talk about various celebrities uh, getting in trouble and sports mm-hmm. players, and they they talk about karma a lot, especially with the with the, the trouble that went down in Las Vegas a few months ago. So these uh, these guidelines and uh, or laws, as you, as we actually wrote, I actually wrote them in the book, um, were pretty much the key foundation for. Uh, your never-ending life, because all of it seems to revolve around um, what we experience in life, karma, love, emotional control, action and effect, mm-hmm. preordination, incarnation characteristics, which really uh, is, is echoed in Eastern uh, religions and beliefs, protection, time, guidance, learning, restoration, and free will. Right. And these are things that all of us, regardless of man, woman, or child, or race, or religious uh, background, are involved in one way or the other. Well, I you uh, know I like the idea of karma, and that's really as old as time. I mean, you, you you mentioned you know you sow what you reap, what goes around comes around. These are you know things that that have entrenched themselves into our you know cliches, but but they're real because it does it does happen, doesn't it? You know, we see it, and it may not be this lifetime, but it will certainly be another one if, for those of you who do believe in reincarnation. Um, you know, it, sometimes you say, you know, you see somebody who's, like, really bad, and you go, how come they, they're living the life of Riley? Well, I'm down here, you know, being Bob's uncle. You know? <laughs> really, like, how does that happen? But, you know, they will, maybe, you know, they did it in their past life. Maybe, you know, it's going to happen to them at some time when you least expect it. It's not for us to judge. It's just for us, you know, to look after ourselves. But it will, you know, what goes around does come around. Yeah, I mean, you see that um, in in your life. I mean, it really happens when they're putting out that energy field again. Yeah. You you put out there, um, let's say, conniving and backstabbing at work and and other things like that. Excuse me. Um, That all comes right back to you. And for those older people, you know, who who don't like energy fields, remember back when we were kind of hippies, it was vibes. Hey, man, you know, those vibes aren't good. Those vibes are great. It's just vibrations. And love, you know, the next one, the next one that you have is love. And love is the highest vibration that you can that you can vibrate. You know, I mean, you, you, when you get to there, it's um, it's all really great. So you you know, when you can come from a place of love as much as possible, uh, you're doing yourself a service and everybody else one around you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, love is the most powerful emotion there is. I mean, the saying "love overcomes all" is is uh, is most true. I mean, it it, yeah. it really is. So, karma and love are really pillars for us and and here in our life. And I think if just people be aware of of what you do, really does come back to you. I mean, yeah. even if I mean, I said a minute ago about love, and and like I love to say or ask. In a, in, a, in a situation, especially when I'm really upset or or something's you know gone wrong, what would love do now? And if you can come from that place, what would love do now in this situation? Then you're going to operate from a higher plane. You're going, to, you know, your higher self is going to get involved, in, and you're going to to do judge the situation or act in a different manner than you might have previously to asking that question. Because he might have just flown off the handle and, and hit them or whacked them or done something else. But in that, you know, what would love do now? Well, love wouldn't do any of that stuff. Love would probably um, sit back and listen and try to find out what was going on from their point of view. Why did this happen? You know, somebody used that against me once. I, you know, uh, they said, "Well, um, 
I knew that, that that you would, you know, come from a place of love so I could do this and I figured that you would just, you know, forgive me anyway. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, that's not great, but you know, yeah, probably right. Probably right. And it, because from that you said you talk about emotional control. See it all kind of weaving in together now. Love is what would I do now? If you don't have that emotional control to control these positive and negative emotions that you have, right? Yeah. That was your next law. Yeah. And action and effect. So if you don't control your negative emotion, if you, you know, go off the handle, bring the gun to school, what's the action and effect going to be? Well, it could be serious, couldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You might shoot somebody in your anger if you can't control it. And now what's going to happen? You're going to go to jail or something bad is going to happen to you? Absolutely, absolutely. So we, you can see a direct relationship between karma, love, emotional control, and action and effect. Absolutely. Now they're all weaving. They're all weaving together, and it's a, you know, one rolls into the next. Now preordination. Who knows? Maybe you were supposed to be there at that moment in time, and some, you know, for somebody else or for yourself. We don't know that, and we won't know that. You know, maybe until. Maybe sometimes you know that, and sometimes you don't know it until the end of your life, really. You know? Yeah, and the only person who can really answer that is the individual themselves. Mm-hmm. They're the one that inwardly knows that knowledge. What, and sometimes that's tough for us to take and look back on life, and we examine certain events that, well, why didn't that person, why didn't I marry that person, or why didn't I do this, or why didn't I hook up with that, or why didn't I take that opportunity when it came? And, and maybe, you know, you you had to learn a few things first. That's and maybe why. you had to go through that marriage or in that bad relationship because you had to learn what bad is before you would appreciate what good is. Yeah. In one of the books I read by Liana Mayer, she said about uh, the spirit being on top, on a peaceful mountaintop, mm-hmm. and the spirit is pure. But the spirit has to engage in and uh, and experience despair, anger, fear, and learn to control it. So... um you know, we need to we need to play the game. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in coming here if you're not going to to feel the emotions and in the human angst. What's the point? You know, if everything's wonderful and perfect, you may as well stay where you were. There's a, a saying in the movie Star Wars when Skywalker says to uh, Kenobi, he says, "I feel the Force," and he says, "Yeah, but you cannot control it." Yeah. Meaning yeah. that when you're here on this energy on energy plane here on Earth. It's about controlling that energy and that force of the universe without succumbing um, to fear and anger, a.k.a. the dark side, right. and uh, end up spiraling and get out of control with your actions and ultimately the consequences. Now, do you know your guides? Have you have you been introduced to your guides? I know of them, yeah. You know, know of them, them. yeah. I can de- yeah, I can describe them. and And that comes from you know, just images and feelings and reassurance mm-hmm. and sometimes physical sensations and it's it's nothing for the for the listeners to be uh, afraid of. We all want our loved ones that have passed on here on the earth plane to mm-hmm. continue and they're there. Right. So what there's nothing to fear. There's yeah. nothing to fear at all of the universe. And there's nothing to fear of God in any religion. Right. So None of this nonsense, you're going to be thrown into a pit of flames and that. That's utter, utter garbage. So yeah, there's not very many religions. I mean, Christianity, as far as I know, is the only one that talks about a hell. And even that was, you know, came from kind of an erroneous... Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, I don't enjoy teachings at all that promote fear into the... No, the wrath of God. Yeah, no. 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 Ike's got up and walked out of one church when they said, and we shall receive our punishment from God. Oh, I just don't like that. I said, Erica, I don't even I don't even feel right in here. I don't even want to be here mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mind, and I said, let's just, let's just leave. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I can, I, I hear you on that. It's, you know, religion is a funny thing, and, and to each his own. Um, for myself, I find that, you know, if I want to pray to God, I can do it in a, in a cornfield as well as I can do it in a church. And um, I, you know, in my in my world, all I've seen is is pain and suffering. You know, in the name of religion, and um, I prefer to you know think of us as, as 
human beings that um, can connect spiritually, you know, in a single consciousness, um, but we don't necessarily need religion to do that. No, not at all. Uh, As we said earlier, I think there's a lot of good people working in. But, um, you know, as well as you're talking about each other's, I I really dislike the term race, whether Mm -hmm. you're black, white, or whatever. I look at people as humanity. Right. Just because the con the the uh, the sun changes the complexion of someone's right. appearance over twenty, thirty thousand years is really yep. relative. Yeah. Um, you know, we're one race of people and whether it's man or woman it really doesn't matter at all. Um the only difference between is that women can give birth and, and, and males can. I mean right. that's it. Right. And Margaret Thatcher's testament to that, so yeah. Prime Minister of Great Britain. <laughs> you wouldn't tell Margaret Thatcher. By the way, I'm cleverer than you because I'm a man. You might find yourself staring up, looking at the ceiling, and thinking, "Wow, what happened there?" Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, she. She. I liked Margaret. She was good. The Iron, the iron Lady. Yeah. She yeah. still has her wits about her. So. Yeah. Well, her and the Queen. Their hair never moves. <laughs> oh yeah, perfect hairstyle. Uh, perfect hairstyle. <laughs> That's great, though. But, you know, that brings me to another thing, because, you know, we come, our bodies are just, you know, first of all, our bodies are incredible bioprocessors. I mean, you know, we we take so much in so fast through our bodies, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and like in, like a computer, they're, our, they're, they're a walking computer, really, and, and if people want to know what's going on, like feel, you know, why do you have an ache and a pain here and there? Your body is talking to you. But beyond that, it's just, the vehicle that that we come here with. So all this angst, really, when you think about it in the larger scale, about, oh, I don't look good, or, or I'm fat, or I'm ugly, or I've got this, or i got that. I mean, this is just a car that we borrow while we're here. It's not us. That's right. And you can get past that. And it's hard. I'm not saying I am, totally. But I'm getting there. And if you can get past that, you know, self-esteem and image is going to shoot, you know, shoot right up to the sky and the moon because you realize it's not, this isn't you. It's just how you get around. Well, that one thing, you know, people get so uh, caught up in, in appearances and, and psychology and the brain. And, 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 and I'm going to write a lot about the psychology and brain in, in book two of the Universal Learning Series. Well, I'm going to include a significant portion of it in the book anyway. Mm-hmm. Um the human body will cease to exist. Our body, it will. It will return to dust in the earth. That's mm-hmm. an undisputed fact. Um, and, and what you really are is, a, is an eternal spirit of energy. Mm-hmm. And, and you know you are. And that's what really counts. And it's what you do here on earth and, your, and the sensations you experience and how you adapt and learn and appreciate it. That's what really matters. Now, if you want to... Um, maintain your body as best you can, eat healthy. I mean, I do. Um, you generally physically will feel well. Um, but once again, just like money and career, you can't take them things with you. So don't let it consume you. Sure, pay attention and try and maybe lead a healthy life. If, if you want to drink every day or every weekend and party, then go right ahead. You have the free will to do so. Right. But... Um, don't uh, don't obsess with things like you know your weight and gray hairs and stuff like that. That's nah. If you don't if you don't if you don't like it, then do something about it. But if you're not going to do anything about it, then we'll just forget about it then. <laughs> but you know, I mean, if you th- if you want to go right back to the beginning and you think, well, you know, you chose to look like that. You chose that before you came here for a reason. Yeah. There's a yeah. reason. Right? Yeah, Maybe next yeah. time choose to be beautiful or choose not to be. But, you know, I, I can't help thinking about Stephen Hawking and, and how this brilliant mind is trapped inside that body. And yet, you know, he he was able to find love. He got married. You know, people can see beyond that. And I just think it's so amazing, you know. That guy's an inspiration to everybody. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm in pain or I'm tired. Say, so, hey, this guy can barely move his, his lip and his eye. Yep. That's about as far as this guy can go. Yep. He's coming up with all these mathematical equations. It's it's mind-boggling. Yeah. 
It really is. It it really is. It's a shiny example to all those people who just feel down in the dumps or too tired to get up in the morning. This poor guy can't even stand up, can't even move his arm or his leg apart at all now. Yeah, and even people who who you know talk about um, how bad they feel because you know I, I mean I remember there was a woman who came on a show once and she broke her her, her nail, her thumbnail or something. Oh, I broke my nail, and she went on and on and on on the show about it. And I'm just like, you know what, like. How insignificant is that, and how important do you think you are that we want to hear that? You know, when there's people who, like Stephen, who, you know, their bodies are mangled. They're brilliant in their minds and their bodies, and they're trapped in this horrible body, and yet they're not complaining. Yeah. You know, they're not complaining. They're they're helping mankind. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially North America, the whole... The whole uh you know the Hollywood side thing is all these oh. glamour shots and hairstyles and stuff like that. A lot of young people, excuse me, get sucked into that thing, and this is how they need to look and extreme dieting and all these zany pills that's out there. I mean, if you look, really want to kind of look okay, just reasonably watch what you eat and exercise. That human body is designed to move. It's not. Yeah. It's not designed to sit on a chair you know, 18 hours a day or, or 16 hours a day and then lay in bed for another eight. It's, it's, not, it's not designed to do that. It's designed to hunt and run and, and move around and to run. You know, some and, people might look at you, though, Sandy, and go, well, you know, you're a really good-looking guy, so of course you can say that. <laughs> but, it was, but, you know, I, I don't well, think it never so. Wor- it never worked for me, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> How about that, then? I, well, I was never really interested in all that kind of nonsense. I was always working and... Worried about the economy and things like that when I was younger, and I'd be in a kind of. But don't you think kind of that it's kind of like um, we're not allowed to to grow old anymore? Our, like our where we have gotten to in our thinking is so warped. Like something's really got to change, because you know now now it's like I'm, I mean I'm fifty I'm going to be fifty one in June, and you know fifty fifty year olds are now the thirty year olds. You know like they're not. You don't have you know, the queen look, you know, the hair like that or whatever. You're not gray. You're not wrinkled. You're not whatever. Like, we're really not allowed to age gracefully anymore. We're supposed to still look like we're 20. And I, I, there's something wrong with that, I think. Oh, it's horrendous. You know, and and uh, I think I, I, I always tell people getting old is cool. And they kind of look at me, oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, yeah. age normally, normally equals learning and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like, wait a second, that's not money. That's not that's not youth. That's not beauty. So that that's key. Yeah. Wisdom and learning. Cause My boyfriend says that. You know, he says I earned every single wrinkle, and I'm proud of them. And yeah. you know, there's learning behind that. So why not? Yeah. Well, a little bit, a few bits of gray coming. I'm kind of I'm kind of liking it. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> no, really, it's true. It's God. He was elegant older man. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, from Great Britain with a funky accent. You know, that's fine. That's cool. I don't know. I'm not going to dye my hair or do anything like that. Why should I? Huh? Why well, should I? And uh, yeah, I think, you? you know, there's plenty of attractive, um, you know, people around, girls that you bump into. And like I say, that coffee shop example where you're like, oh, I don't even like the look of you at all. And they might be physically stunningly, you know, right. attractive, but they just have that energy feel about it. Like, ooh. And don't you and, think that the, you you meet people who just have an amazing personality, and you just go, and they're not that attractive, but who cares because they're so attractive anyway? Yeah, because you know you know what you never even think about it. You don't even look at that. You see right. past that. You know you know you're so engaged in conversation, laughing and joking around, and uh, away you go. Yeah, exactly. Energy is really everything in in life, and and the more you open your awareness to that, and you realize it that. You can call it what you want. You can call it the force from Star Wars. You can call it energy. You, you can call it karma. You can call it love. It's there. I use the analogy of, of people say, well, how do you prove that? I says, well, do you love your wife? Mm-hmm. Yeah, prove it. Give me the measuring scale and we'll see scientifically where it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't do that. I said, but you know it exists, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Bingo. Right. When you go out to your car, when you turn that ignition, do you know every single component that funnels through electrical charge and mechanism that propels that vehicle? No, you don't. But you put mm-hmm. your faith in it, and it works. Right. And it is the same thing. It's not about actually putting your faith in it, because it's there. 
And, well, we and, know that there's energy, really, and, and energy can't die. So when you go, there, you know, something's still living on. And we know that there's energy. I mean, we in the natural world, you know, this world of natural magic, the rocks, the, the leaves, the, um, you know, I had um, uh, on Quantum Radio, my other show, I had I had a gentleman on, um, Bill Sweet, who who worked for Spindrift, and Spindrift was an organization that was proving um, how prayer that prayer works, and they they did it with plants, and and the way that they pray to plants, you know, with love and 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 different things showed. Um, they they grew differently, and if they prayed in a way that was not about um, them wanting something, but about giving something, um, they grew better, faster, more lovely, kind of thing, you know. And and so we know that there's energy that we're that we're giving out energy. It's proven. And people and people will do the same thing again. I would like to pass this tip along: is that when you do your meditation. A lot of readings and, and stuff promote affirmations and stuff like that. And I've learned through meditation or that quiet time, because some people struggle with just relaxing for right. 10 to 15 minutes. They do. But the more they do it, the better they'll get at it. It's just keep that time between you and the sacred one, the universe, God, or, or, or wherever you want to take that path to. But in your daily... You know what? Like I, like I, on my show this morning, you know, we were talking about meditation and, and about how if you're a kinetic, um, like I, I, you know, I am an auditory and a, and a kinetic um, sensory, and so for me, when I went on my motorcycle or if I go for a walk or if I drive my car, when I get into that that self hypnosis by doing that, that's when I'm meditating. I can't just sit in my chair and meditate. And so some people, I think, what happens is they get afraid because they're saying, well, I'm not doing it right, I can't get into that zone. Well, maybe you can't when you're sitting in a chair, but you can doing something, depending on how, how your sensory, you know, are, are programmed. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, and, and what happens for me, and this, I'll just share this with the, with the audience, that I get that too. In fact, when I sit and meditate, I really get nothing. <laughs> nothing at all, Frankie. I just feel relaxed, I feel calm, I feel at peace, and I feel as if consciousness sometimes going to a different place. But I don't see images and whatever flash in front of me, for the most part. I get all of that during my daily life, and I get it more when I'm busy, yeah. when I'm really busy. And it's not, it's not you know, your psychology getting mixed up with images from your memory or some other things. You know the difference. You clearly notice the difference. But what I was saying was that... Um, if you use that time with meditation in the, in the morning or afternoon or whenever you can do it, 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but keep your, your positive affirmation stuff to more when you're engaged in your, in your activity, I found that a very good combination. Um, mm-hmm. To keep that time, that quiet time kind of sacred and pure and not ask, this is what I'm getting to, not ask specifically, I will be wealthy. I will do this thing. Right. I will do that. If you submit your life to the universe of love and peace and engage in learning and be a vibrant, active participant, and that, you know, we're talking about getting out there and getting on with things. We're not talking about sitting down and hugging a tree 24 7. No ways. We're talking about engaging in life here for people in America or Canada, you know, going to work or doing what you want to do. Engage in it 100%. Give it your best shot. And if you do it with an awareness of love and understanding of each other, but you also have a right to stand up for yourself, don't let people mm-hmm. walk all over you. And the results will just be magnificent for you. And the results not necessarily will be financial. They'll be the best result that anybody can get, Frankie's fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That is priceless, priceless. Mm-hmm. And when you get fulfillment, that's a big check mark. Yep. Job done, job done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those of you that don't believe in affirmation, um, it started, um, Emil Coué, if you remember, he, 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 was, he worked in hospitals like in the 18th century. And what he did was he took patients and he told them um, that every day he wanted them to say, I'm going to be the best I can be today, or something like that, very similar to that. And they improved so much, you know, more greatly than everybody else in the hospital because they were doing this daily affirmation. It was really incredible. Yeah. And yeah. he actually proved it. 
once again, it's just putting out that energy field and just goes yeah. right back to what we started talking about about 40 minutes ago. Well, my guest today is, is Sandy Andrew. We're talking about um, his book and, um, and and his life, really. <laughs> his lifelong dream of you know universal learning. And, and um, you've got book one done. Uh-huh. And you are working on book two? Yes. Yes, I... Uh... Got in trouble last night on the plane ride back from Indianapolis by the flight attendant. I wasn't aware that you weren't allowed to use a wireless mouse on a laptop. Oh. So uh, I said, oh, you're joking. He says, no, you can't use any wireless communication. I thought, oh, my gosh, of course. My yeah. mouse had a little driver in, so I uh, got a little bit of trouble from the universe last night on using my mouse. Uh-oh. Share that bit of humor. Yeah. Yeah. So tell tell us, you know, we don't have that much time. We've all, you know, It went so quick. Um, we got about five minutes. So tell us what it is that we need to know and what we want to know from you, Sandy. What what words of wisdom um, you want to leave us with and how people can get in touch with you and, and take your courses or read your book? Well, the the only thing I would ask the viewer, um, rather, sorry, the, the listener, is just to be aware of the, the scientific universe mm-hmm. and also be aware of the spiritual universe. Now, does that mean you have to uh, observe and believe every religion or every metaphysical law or every discussion group? No, not at all. Just have a just have an appreciation appreciation and understanding of science of where you are right now in this physical lifetime, mm-hmm. and in the metaphysical um, realm that you truly belong to. And I think if you just use that word awareness and just keep repeating it and just open your mind to other viewpoints, you don't have to like them, you don't have to agree with them, just be aware of them. Don't shut them out completely. Now, you can uh, visit my website, universallearningseries.com. That's all one word. The the simplest way to do it is just to go on Google and type in Sandy with a Y, Andrew, and it uh, appears up quite a few pages on the on the first page, quite yep. a few links. It does. And you can contact me via the website and ask me any questions and and things like that. Fire away. Yeah, this, uh, I smell something, big house, big life. I'm not sure what you're saying. We, sorry, there's somebody in our chat room. I'm not quite sure what he's getting at. Um, you smell something, big house, big life. Not sure what you're, what, what you're asking, Kevin. Sorry. Um, but, yes, the Universal Learning Series um, is going to help people do what, Sandy? When they, help when they achieve an understanding and awareness and fulfillment in their life. And if they go onto the website and they read some of the articles and they read the book, um, mm-hmm. they can get it at Barnes & Noble and Borders or even on Amazon online, things like that. Um, it will just help them realize who they are and and why they're here on Earth. Mm-hmm. And um, the book is written in a easy, easy-to-read, non-assaulting way. Um, it's given all due respect to religious beliefs here on Earth, past and present, and gives respect also to all life forms on earth mm-hmm. I like that I really do I think um, you answer the big questions you help answer the big questions because everybody wants to know you know why are we here what's my purpose and you know you've written a book on it I've written a book on it uh, because it's a universal theme everybody uh, in the world you know, eventually comes to that place if if they're growing. Um, it, it that's that's the question, isn't it? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Yeah, the book's and an broken. interesting one is why am I here right now? Yeah, I mean, there's two things in common that every human being has. One is that we all learn, and two, we all look different and act different. Mm-hmm. So when you put when you put them to, to them together. Okay, and you're in the universe as well, universal learning. To me, to me, it's quite simple. It's quite simple. And the book series is just designed, Frankie, just to skim the tops of these subjects and let the, let the individual find their own way because um, I don't believe in teaching A to Z of a human being. They must, they must participate and, and walk the path and, and learn themselves. And the book right. really is, is just a guiding tool for them. That's all. The book series will be. Book one is 
it just skims these topics and, and book two, three and four will perhaps get into a little bit more detail. Well, um, my guest this evening has been Sandy Andrew. He uh, has come to us via a very long trip around the world. <laughs> but he's now in Kansas City and uh, probably going to come to a town near you very soon and talk about the Universal Learning Series. And I suggest that if you um, have those big questions, that you check him out at his website and Google Sandy Andrew, as he said, and you'll see probably the first five uh, names that come up are Sandy and you can just click on one of those and, and uh, learn about what he has to say and read some of his blog articles and um, just become more interested in, in the uh, spirit world, metaphysical, and, and the scientific world and see how you can blend them and create um, something for yourself, some meaning, some new meaning in your life. Sandy, we're out of time. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you're coming to be our guest here this evening. Take care. Thanks, Frankie. Take care. Bye-bye.